Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 230 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. So what will follow is a recording of the live stream that Gwen and I did this past Monday night. And this is about grieving in community. And I think it ended up being a great discussion about how valuable it really is to find a community when you're in your grief and to not feel so isolated. Our next live stream is going to be on Monday, March 18th at 7 p.m. We do not yet have a topic for that, so this is your chance to give us some ideas. So if you have something that you would just love Gwen and I to discuss, please email me with those ideas because uh, we certainly would like to cover topics that you want to hear about. But right now, just sit back and enjoy listening to Gwen and I talk about grieving in community. Welcome to the Always Andy's Mom podcast. We are starting just a few minutes late, and that is totally my fault because I was trying to get dinner for my family, and now poor Gwen. Gwen has stuff planned, and that's awesome. Um, and I don't even know what the stuff is. So we're all going to be kind of learning this together, what Gwen has planned, but. Um, just welcome to the podcast. And today we're talking about community and the importance of community and how valuable it can be to be in a community when you are grieving. You know, Marcy, I've, I've said this before about how difficult my job is and I meet people at, you know, the worst moments of their lives. But when I make an assessment of who's, you know, who's your support and who's in your life, and when I find people who are completely isolated from any other type of support, that's really, really hard. And there's many reasons for it. I mean, sometimes we have a natural with withdrawal from people when we're bereaved, like we impose yes. it, like we go, I just can't. But what I'm talking about is people who want to be in community but don't have it or that, you know, and I mean, just recently I met a woman who um, moved right after her daughter died. It's going to be two years this week. And she said, I could uh, mention some of this, but um, she moved to a new community. Um, her other surviving son was um, sentenced to jail. So she has no connection with him. Um, her car is broken down. She lives in a, in a senior community where a lot of people are widowed, but just, just doesn't have the support and she doesn't have a lot of financial resources either, you know, without having a car to drive to a group or to get to any support. So she has been looking online and we'll talk about that. I mean, we are thankful for virtual things such as this, right? Well, and yes, and that's a good point. I mean, it's so funny because when COVID hit, our Starlight support group opened some virtual groups because of COVID because right. they didn't want these very closed small rooms because we had pretty small rooms at Starlight and to risk, you know, spreading COVID infections. So that's how the virtual support groups started. And what's very, very interesting, and I just had someone email me because they were very touched by the story of this woman who she wrote to me and she was from Idaho. And she was from a pretty rural community in Idaho. And that was around that same time that we were doing these virtual support groups and but starlight was getting to the point where we're going to go back in person because because overall they felt like you know virtual just isn't quite the same mm -hmm. you don't have the same kind of relationships this will be much better <coughs> to go back in person and that's when i said to stephanie you know, do you think it would be okay if I kept a virtual option open? Because it really hit me talking to this woman from Idaho who had mm -hmm. no support. 
whatsoever, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. She ended up making up a group herself online, like a big online community. That's what she ended up doing. And I thought, but not everyone's going to do that. Mm-hmm. And not everyone can find that. And I thought in some ways, a virtual support group will give you a little more than what just an online Facebook group can do. Right. Because we have the starlight curriculum. We have an hour and 15 minutes that we kind of devote to each other. We tell each other stories. It's it's face to face, even though it's virtual. It's just more intimate. And I thought, I think we should maybe give that a try to people who don't have that. Um, And it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. Oh, for sure. The interesting piece is you don't necessarily have to be in a group, like you were saying, um, to effectively grieve. I mean, not everyone's going to go to a group. But when we talk about community or connections, I looked up, you know, obviously we know that some people just don't get it. So we're looking for people who understand us. And, you know, some of the definitions of the word connection were relatability like, I just need mm-hmm. someone that can relate to me. Um, linked, having a, a joint kind of thought or idea. And we need that. And whether you do it one-on-one, you have a few people, you have one friend, or you're in a formal group of people who are linked and can relate to you. Um, either way, if you look at what all the experts say people need in order to heal from grief, having a community is a big part of that. I mean, they, right. they and all- you're right. It can be a community of one. It can be, yep. be a community of a hundred. It, yep. it doesn't really matter. And I feel like I've had all of that. I've had big communities where I've been a part of big Facebook groups. Um, I've had obviously our support groups, which are kind of small groups. And I've had a lot of really important one-on-one relationships that mm-hmm. mean a lot to me as well. You know, right. I mean, I, I, I talk about my friend Demetra all the time, right? I've only mm-hmm. met her once in person, but we communicate so much and it's, and, and I think because we can get each other and when I'm having a tough day, I feel like I can reach out to her. And when she's having a tough day, she can reach out to me and it was her birthday this week. And, mm-hmm. but did I tell her happy birthday? No, I did not. Because I said, I hope you can find some happy moments. Mm-hmm. tomorrow for your mm-hmm. birthday find a few happy moments because that was a better thing to say right than happy birthday which is what everyone else is going to say <laughs> right everyone else is going to say happy birthday and she doesn't want her birthday to be happy and it's not going to be happy but if she can find some happy moments that's better and that's what you can do when you're a fellow griever that's right. how you can kind of get each other mm-hmm. and support each other and she could be more willing to open up those things. And, you know, and I've opened up stuff to her that I haven't opened up to other people. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't tell just everybody all this stuff. Right. But yet we get to the point where I feel like, okay, I can share this with you. And uh, it would probably freak other people out, but I can yeah. do that with you, you know? Yeah. We need at least one person that we can show some, our real heart and where we're at and those things that, like you said, that you just don't put out there for everybody. And we Mm -hmm. need that safe place because I've said this before, three people need to find the words. Um, They need to find someone to listen to the words, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And to be able to say them out loud and finding that person or those people that will listen that you can just say, Hey, Um, You know, when we're talking about the value of support, I've shared this um, before in talks that I do, but I think it's so interesting that the um, Stanford University study of women who had breast cancer, and they put half of the women in a support group and the other half not in a support group. And the Mm -hmm. women who were in a support group lived 37 months longer than those who were not in a group. Now that is over three years. So if you can't see from that, that value of being in a community with people who are going the same direction, fighting the same fight, talking about the same things, finding a team of people. Um, And it's interesting, you know, when I say that is many people in divorce, you know, there's, it's hard to find a lot of support in divorce. Um, There's very few support groups and, you know, um, where do they get their team? You know, hopefully you can yeah. find someone who's walked that road and um, 
you know, and, and I want to address what you mentioned about how do you find a group? We're going to, uh, yeah. I think to do that. And, you know, I have met people, I was on a panel once at community mental health, and they had just experts in all fields of mental health, from depression to, you know, grief. I mean, it was just a whole panel of people. And it was interesting because there was one woman whose child died of a very rare disease. And she asked me if there was any support groups for bereaved parents. So I started with that. And then she said, no, well, parents whose um, child had this disease. And I said, you know, there's not a group in this area for just that disease. She said, but my daughter was 14 and she died on a Tuesday. And I remember thinking, do you only think that you can connect with people who had this disease, who were that age, who died on a Tuesday. I mean, she was really, you know, yeah. focusing in. And sometimes we have to look and go, okay, their story might, yeah, might not match mine, but can I find someone who has some similar things to understanding what I'm going through? Well, well, it's so funny that you say that because it was you that way back encouraged me to go through all of my episodes and categorize them. Right. Mm, so I, yeah. if you look on my website, andysmom.com and you go to episodes by category, you'll see mm -hmm. all these different categories. So death with different age groups. Um, if it was cancer or a car yeah. accident or, or many, many things I've divided it up into tons of different categories now. And then there's kind of a, also mm -hmm. a catch all, but because a lot of people start out thinking I just want to listen to parents whose kids died of SIDS or right. whose, whose kids had epilepsy or uh -huh. whose kids died in a car accident and were teenagers. So you can cross reference and do all of that stuff. It's interesting though, that the more parents listen, the more they tend to realize that they can learn from people from vastly yeah. different, different yeah. circumstances. And I lost my infant and this person lost their 22 year old. And yet we feel many of the same uh -huh. feelings. Yeah, and it's, but, it's, but it was, it, I'm very glad that you had me do that because I have noticed that many, many people do start that way. They and do. then they get through their whole category and then they go, okay, yeah, I guess I'll just start from the beginning. Or they get through a few and they do that same thing right. and they go or back and they start listening current. Right. And we listen weekly because no matter what, whether the story connects with our exact circumstances, we can gain from those parents. But I think you're mm -hmm. right when people are first on. And I use that episodes by category probably twice a week with people. And do you, you know, really? Yeah, I do. I do. I said you can go on, um, you know, episodes by category, look for a, a story that's familiar to you that you can connect with. Um, What's interesting is you and I have done so many topics and this week there um, through a friend just said, you know, here's the circumstances in my community. It's not local here, but um, here's the circumstances. Here's this mom. Um, what can I what can I tell her today? And I told her to look at the one we did called the early days because she's just right she's in. And mm -hmm. if that's the one thing that she can cling to that day, you know, um, so, yeah, I think ours, the ones that we do can be pretty universal for people. And I've right. talked to a lot of people about that, about going through those and yes. like about guilt or about anger yes. or about many other different topics, because that can be helpful because you can be feeling overwhelmed by different emotions at certain times. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, how to find a group then? I, I want to just um, start really organically in the fact that just finding a couple people. And, and just starting mm -hmm. so simple. And, you know, we have a listener, um, again, I have her permission, you know, Carolyn and her group of knitting moms, and they knit, and they have that in common, but all of them have had a child die, but they get together around the knitting and can talk about their grief, and they're doing something with their hands. So they call it their knitting, you know, group, but it's bereaved moms. Um you know, we have some other people in other parts of the country who have a few years down the road started their own group because they've been involved with your podcast and your virtual group, but then realizing that maybe they're called to start a group. And I'm going to talk to that in a minute about how to start a group. But, um, you know, I know a few of your listeners are women in Chicago and they just meet at the library and they sometimes 
talk about your episode. Sometimes they talk about a topic, but they just, they don't have anything super formal, but they have a common place they meet, a common time, and they just get together. Yeah. And I wanted to go through some of the comments that I had written to me on social media because I did have quite a few comments written in on how people found their group or what their group can do for them. And I do want to do a little shout out because on Instagram, someone just wrote the Caleb Cares Project. And and what's funny is Chrissy, who started the Caleb Cares Project, is wrote on Facebook. So I'm going to read what she wrote, but I love the fact that it went on, right? So that Chrissy made her comment, but she started her uh, project in her son's memory called the Caleb Cares Project. And that's what this woman wrote, like Caleb Cares Project. She didn't even like elaborate on it, Mm -hmm. except to the point where it has been a lifesaver for her and helped her so, so much. So I'm going to get to a few. I know. Isn't that awesome? I love it. I loved how it just tied all the way back. Yeah. Um, and, yeah well, I'll, I'll wait and say that later. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. I was thinking minor. one of my ideas of how to find a group is to reach out to NHGC, which is the National Alliance of Grieving Children, um, or Children's Grief, I'm sorry, NACG. Yeah. Um, But you can write children grieve too, or it's childrengrieve.org. And you can put in your zip code or look in your community and see where there's a group because so many of those groups, you know, you and I always talk about Starlight because that's our experience. But we also have Ellie's place here and we have Michael's place and we have, you know, there's so many all over the country who were, most of them were born because somebody had a need to gather in community and started this group. And so now other people in that community for years and years and years can get help. And they're all over. And we just want people to know how they can find those. Well, and it's really funny because I I told you, I mean, I've been talking about this the last few weeks about how this is kind of my goal for the year. My goal for the year is really to help do better creating community and bringing people together. And I really do mean that. So if you are in a certain area and you really want to meet somebody Mm -hmm. locally, write to me because you just never know. You just Mm -hmm. never know. I might know somebody like the the woman that was just on last week. You know how I said, um, if if you listen, I said, I have somebody in mind for you right now Mm -hmm. because she Mm -hmm. was talking about meeting people. Yes, And I set those people up and they're having coffee next week. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So if you want to meet with someone and you want to try, you never know. I might just know somebody. I really might. So, um, but I do want to mention some of these comments and what has blown me away was I felt like that was the thing that I had not been doing very well, Mm -hmm. that I had not been creating a community and I need to do a better job trying to create a community, but I read these comments and I think maybe we're doing a little better than I think, I think I am. you are. Yeah. Okay. Cause um, here's a woman Maxine wrote, I'm very early in my grief only since November 26th. So mm. very early. Your podcast has honestly helped me greatly. My wonderful friends um, have also been a rock. Uh, Dana wrote, I have amazing friends and family. They're so wonderful and provide such great support, but they fortunately just don't get it. I find the greatest uh-huh. support from my fellow bereaved moms, half of whom I've met through the amazing podcast and uh-huh. half of whom I know through my career as a pediatric oncology nurse. Uh-huh. So other, other people wrote here too, you know, thankful to have a wonderful church family, um, thankful for other bereaved moms, uh, best friend, sister-in-law, neighbor and brother. So just kind of some different people. And then this next one is the one where I really wanted to talk about. uh, Okay. So David wrote in, David was on a few weeks ago and David answered these questions very thoroughly. So I'm going to actually read his answers fully. So it says, how has your grief community helped you? Said they've provided my wife and me with a safe place to open up and talk about our grief and give us support in knowing that we are not alone in our grief. Mm -hmm. Because what we are going through, regardless of how long it was when your child went to heaven, none of us expected to bury our child. And sometimes we just need to be with others who understand the loss, even if not our loss specifically. So that's kind of what we were talking about. 
But also our grief has progressed over the years and we find ourselves also in the position of supporting and walking with other grieving parents who are, who are presently going through a similar path in their journey that we once walked ourselves. In doing so, we are not only helping others, but we are continuing to receive help ourselves. Mm -hmm. I do too. I'm going to address that as well. Yeah, go ahead. You can go ahead and address no. that. And then I'm going to no. answer the part two question that he answered. So oh, no, let's go. talk about that a little bit. Oh, well, I mean, you do get to the point. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I want to finish later how we can else you can find a group. But sometimes when you get to the point that, like he said, you find yourself helping other people, um, you know, people say, how do I do that? And I, I have a few ideas um, and I'm not trying to be self-serving, but I get this all the time. So a couple of the things that I created on my website is one is a grief mentor training. Now that is a very faith-based training, but it's meant for care ministry teams, individuals who want to learn how they can create community and really be effective in grief support. So we have that. It comes with a 38 page workbook. You can see me if you have questions. But the other thing I did, especially with um, your listeners in Chicago meet at the library, this was years ago, they called me and they wanted to talk and they said, can you just give us some topics to talk about? Can you just, we don't need a heavy curriculum, which yeah. I want to also say that if a group wants to start, they can buy Starlight's curriculum because yes, that is absolutely. And so we want to say that too. Um, so what I did for them, they didn't want the, the full formal kind of, you know, our 15 minutes, mm -hmm. here's every, you know, what to say, what to know, what to do, um, crafts, whatever. Um, and so I just created a one year support group outline that yeah, just sure. gives you a thought, an idea, um, just some guidelines and, um, people have found that helpful. Um, you but, know what I love too? I've got to, I've got to interject here a little bit. So mm -hmm. I've got somebody in my Starlight virtual group who has now started her own little local I group I know, and use, is using your curriculum yeah. because she didn't want to do the heavy starlight, right? Yeah. She's yep. doing that herself yep. and it's not heavy. I shouldn't say heavy. It's, it, no, it's but not. it's a little more but formal. It is a little more formal. Mm -hmm. We go through a reading, you know, and then we have several questions and it's got a theme over six weeks. So it's, it's more um, structured than what, yeah, it's yeah. just more structured. So, but she got that curriculum from you and, you know, has had her first group and mm -hmm. it's gone really well. And, and she's just doing it once a month and you're, you set it up for once a week. And I thought to myself, goodness, that could last her four years if she yes, wants to. Right. It you can. Know? Yes. And if you, you do, do the it first week of January, months, yeah. first week, of, next year, you do the second week of January yep. questions. And yep. so it can last quite a long time. This it can. And I think it gives you a little bit so that you're not so worried that there's going to be some kind of dead time. Right. 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 And it just gives like a topic. Sometimes there's a, a poem or a thought. There's some additional things that the leader wants to look up some stuff. But then it's just like, here's some four or five questions and you can go from here. And then yeah, it takes on its own um, structure and format from there. But yeah. Um, so I love that David pointed that out, that we do go through phases where we need a group and we need to look to others. And then sometimes it gets to the point where we feel called to be the leader and to form yeah. something. And there are some listeners right now who say, I feel isolated. I don't have anyone that are feeling that pull that says, you know what? I have to do this. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, if it's kind of like we could sit and go, there's nothing in my area. That's how a lot of these places were born because there was nothing. I mean, that's how Starlight was born. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that just, well, uh, and just to bring up Starlight again, if you want to be part of the Starlight support group, you can. You yep. can um you can uh do that because we start a new support group tomorrow actually. Um so you'd have to get right on it, but you can. You can uh, contact starlightmen.org and contact them. So mm -hmm. um I'm going to read this next part of the question too, because this is back to what you were talking about originally is how did you find fellow grievers to support you? We sought out fellow grievers through support groups, such as bereaved parents of the USA, compassionate mm -hmm. friends, and mm -hmm. through our church with groups such as grief share yep. and through mothers and or fathers support groups, be it online or in person. And also through the podcast podcast groups, such as always Andy's mom. So that's how David and his wife found people. Um, right which which they certainly have 
well, which was going to lead me. So compassionate friends, you can go on and find a local chapter. Same thing with grief share. You can put in your zip code and find a chapter and grief shares for all sorts of loss. It's not specific to child loss where compassionate friends is. Um, same thing with um, the AS, AFSP, which is the American Federation of Suicide Prevention. They have suicide loss groups um, around the country. And if you were looking for something specific to suicide, you can look on their website. But he also mentioned churches, you know, call around, not just to your own church, but in yes. your area and say, hey, what's out there? You can go to your funeral home and maybe they don't have a group in your community, but like you, they go, oh, we just, I remember another mom who's, mm -hmm. you know, you could connect with and maybe they'll be a connector. Um, and hospice groups, many hospice groups are open to the community at large, even if the person didn't utilize hospice for their, for their, you know, person. And well, so because I as we said, you, you can have different types of death loss and really still learn from each other. You know, I oh, think yeah. about, I think about Stephanie, who is now at Starlight, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, but she and I were in support group together. Her daughter, Kian, was sick from the moment she was born as a premature mm -hmm. quadruplet, right? And she died at 12 years old. Andy mm -hmm. died at 14, suddenly in a car accident. You would not think that we mm -hmm. would have a ton in common, but mm -hmm. we have a ton in common. Mm -hmm. We have a ton mm -hmm. in common. Yeah. And um, that's that's what's you can just learn so much from so many other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Someone else just mentioned hospitals, and that is a place too, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and I've got when yeah. I read some other comments here, there was um, uh, there are some on that too. Mm -hmm. And something you just said when um when at Starlight we had, you know, a bereaved parents group, and then we had, you know, a general loss, which was for adults who have maybe lost a brother, sister, mother, child, and a and um, there were many people in all those groups who had had someone die by suicide. So they said to me, um, we'd like a group specific to suicide. So the next series, we did that. We pulled the people from whether the child loss, the adult, you know, the spousal loss and the other group and pulled them into just suicide. And there is a benefit to that. And it was helpful. But because they had already been in the other groups, they missed their other people, even though their person didn't die from suicide. So the widow whose husband died by suicide wanted to go back with the other widows because she had connected with them already. And so it was very interesting and same with the bereaved parents. So um, once you get in a group, the bonding happens, even if it's not over the specifics of who it was or the relationship or how they died. Yeah. And I know that um, while we're waiting, you know, while we're waiting, does the support groups, they're originally, they're out of Arkansas, but they have right. support groups all over the place. And they have like some specific support groups for yeah. suicide as well. Yeah. So they will tease out some certain things too, mm -hmm. which I think can certainly be helpful. And Diane wrote here about um, Cleveland having Cornerstone of Hope, and they are listed in the the thing I mentioned for NAGC, which are groups for families that are just amazing. And I I'm very familiar with Cornerstone of Hope. She said it saved my life. You um, know, I'm I'm glad you brought up some of those specifics, and I would love for people to write in some more specific things too, because you just never know who might be in the Cleveland area no, that's listening. Right. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, Cornerstone of Hope, yeah. I can look that up. So thanks, Diane, yep. for doing that. And then I think too, we've got had a couple different people comment on bonus mom, bonus dad. So the step-parent yes, grief. Yeah. And um, and there was a comment on online too about that and about how that is different and unique. And I know you had some thoughts on that. I do, you know, and um, a, a man started a group called the Bereaved Dads Network because he wanted to be with other dads and men. And partly because he was divorced from the mother of his child when the child died. And he did not feel that his current wife had the same connection with his his son, obviously, and he wanted just maybe to be with other dads. And so that group was born out of that situation. I think the thing is, is that, um, again, this is like where it's getting so specific, it's really hard to find in a community that many bonus moms or dads who have had a child die that are wanting to come to a group to keep that group going. Um, right, right. Because it is really, I mean, there can be some that feel that loss really very, very tremendously. Yes. 
And then others like this man's wife that yeah, who just that. didn't quite as much, right? I yeah. just can't right. quite feel it. And yeah. and it's it's all okay and it's all normal. Yeah. It's just different for different people. It is. And there's um so many different factors, right, in the relationship and how long were you married? I saw someone in here 14 years or, you know, there's this connection, but, you know, sometimes it can be a new relationship and you you weren't connected to their children or they were adult children and you didn't know them. Um, and sometimes families after a divorce and when people get remarried, the children aren't wanting to know their new their parents' new partner either. <laughs> The right, child, right. Themselves. Sometimes the child and the and the yeah. step parent doesn't get along that great, right? right. I mean, so it's, it's so many factors. And then I think there's a difference too if you're a step parent and the original parent, you know, they were widowed. You know, their their mother died, and now they have a stepmother. Or in a case of divorce, that's different too. Like, is there another mother? I mean, in these cases, I think there is because they're kind of calling it bonus mom and bonus dad. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's it's different, too, based on those other things. I mean, oh, you know, you know, it's yeah. so funny. I, I, I think about my own foster son, Valeriano. Right. And and the other day he was talking about um, that it, his washing machine broke because it, he let the lines get frozen. It was terrible. Right. So, and he was talking about how his mom had taught him how to wash clothes in Guatemala by hand, by scrubbing them out. And because his roommate said, I can wash these clothes for you. And he said, no, my mom taught me how to do that. Or I'll just go home and my mom will wash them. And I just thought it was really funny because he just said my mom both ways. The first time meaning his original biological mom, who is no mm -hmm. longer living. And then he actually also had a first foster mom who died as well of cancer. And so I'm technically mom number three, but I'm always just mom too. Yeah. So it's, it's just, you know, there are so many different kind of relationships and, and obviously that's different because we're not talking about you know, death well, loss and things like that, but, right. it, but it does go back to that a foster parent, step parent, different kind of yeah. relationship. Right. And the question is, where do they go to grieve? And I think in the case of these bonus moms and dads asking these questions is maybe to go to your community of churches, places where you can say, do you know of another person walking through this that I can connect to maybe one-on-one -on -one who has a similar you know, mm -hmm. um, family dynamic or whatever that is. They be, and I'm going to, I just wrote myself a note to kind of research if there's any books on that or something that I could recommend, because frankly, I don't know a lot for that. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm loving- And I love how other people are putting in all these comments. Did you yes, see this? Yes. Um, it's interesting. So um, my daughters were so bonded to my husband. He is more their real father than the ones they were born to. Yeah, they're yeah, they're the factor. True. Right. I mean, because it always boils down to who was this person to me and what was mm -hmm. that relationship. And yeah, and they and yep. we just want to know. Uh, we know they grieve too, and we are just sad that there's not necessarily a specific place that we know of that's just for them. Um, mm -hmm. And it's and interesting. people brought up this friends for survival as virtual meetings yes. for suicide loss. Um, I love that. I Annie's wrote that hope in St. Louis. That's one I had not heard of yet. And I yeah. know of a couple people out in St. Louis too. Ellie's place, the capital region, that means that's Lansing capital region. They also have um, stuff here in Grand Rapids. They have like Ann Arbor. places they now. Do. Yeah, Ann I was going to say they opened in Ann Arbor. But, so several places in Michigan are Ellie's And I do want to point out, so like she mentioned the woman who... Um, mentioned Ellie's place and it's nice that my husband and I can both attend together. Um, at Ellie's place, I know specifically, and there's other support or groups for families like that, that you also have to bring a bereaved child in order to go to the yes, yes. group. And there are mm -hmm. some facilities that that is the case and some that aren't. So you have to check that out because what if it was your only child and you're not bringing a child? How do you yeah, get Yeah, then you go? can't go there. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's and something that Starlight, you can still go. Yes. You, you very can go with so. kids, you can go without kids. Right. So, um, yeah, but you're right. There are some that are very much focused on yeah. the other children and the parents kind of are a, almost a tag along. Right. Oh, and see, Melissa just wrote, that's the case for Annie's Hope, which I oh, didn't right. know mm -hmm. that Annie's Hope is believed for, for children and their families. Oh, and, and she did write that. Uh, yeah, that it's children and their families. So you have to bring a child with you. Um, 
I mean, which is great. I'm so glad that they have children's services because those are so often ignored. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, do, it does make it a little bit different, right? So if you yeah. lost an older child and your other children are out of the house, well, now you're kind of out of luck because you can't. Or yeah. maybe your child doesn't want to go. I think about, well, yeah. you know, when we went to Starlight, yeah. our kids didn't always go. I mean, right. Peter didn't really like it. He had soccer practice. Mm -hmm. He just didn't feel connected to the other kids in there. They were mainly girls and yep. kids who lost their dads. And he just, he just didn't, you know, he had a therapist and I, I, he was doing hard, good work himself, but it wasn't something that he needed. But yet had we been going to Ellie's place, then Peter or Eric and I would have been out yeah, because Peter didn't want to go. And this yeah. way we could still go. You know, mm -hmm. and I understand that everybody has to have their policies and their guidelines. Oh, and yes. For sure. One of the things that is just always going to happen. And it and as the bereaved person, it gets frustrating because it doesn't seem fair and doesn't seem that people are listening. But what I want to encourage you is keep seeking where you can find these groups. We've mentioned so many. They're out there, the online communities, the virtual groups. Um, and again, Marcy and I are both willing to help you if you have a challenging area or a situation that you want to contact us personally about just helping people find connections. Um, and, and actually coming up in a couple weeks, we're doing a different one. This is Luella's Lodge. So it's another place where you can kind of go to retreats, mm -hmm. I think. I think Eric and I are going to host one kind of together, which I'm very excited about. So okay. listen for that in a couple of weeks, we're going to do that pretty sure in the fall. It's a, very exciting that we're going to kind of partner together. Um, but anyway, something to something to listen for. So I mm -hmm. am going to write, uh, talk about a few more little things yep. too. Um, uh, Vicki Ellie Roche, she's just been on the podcast recently. Finding community has been very hard at least a community that listens and understands the best at community are other grieving parents. And I found several Facebook groups and this beautiful community you built for us, which I just totally appreciate. My grief community helps me feel less lonely and more normal. I don't feel like a weirdo anymore when I get angry, sad, or happy all on the same day. So I love that. I, I love that because that's so true. And we can just mm -hmm. feel like that's weird. So this is what I wanted to bring up because this goes back to Chrissy. You know, how I said at the very, very beginning that they said the Caleb's Cares Project is what mm -hmm. has getting them, getting them through. And so this is Chrissy now writing. The majority of my community has come from you, meaning me. A few weeks after Caleb died, I Googled encouraging podcasts after child loss, and it turned out to be the most helpful words I've ever Googled. I listened to your first episode and felt less alone. There was a day I couldn't get out of bed until I listened to an episode. If those moms can get out of bed and live their lives, I think I can too. It did and still gives me hope that surviving Caleb's death is possible. Four and a half years later, and I still listen to your podcast intently every week. My grief community helps me feel less alone. It's given me people I can lean on cry on and depend on. This journey is painful, dark, and lonely, but my grief community brings light, love, and even laughter into my heart and life. I've made a whole new group of lifelong friends with whom I share an unbreakable bond. Mm -hmm. And then she's gone on in her grief to create another group that does the same thing. Isn't that amazing? I love it. I, I love it. It's I like ballooned out. It's and just... You're yeah. experiencing something that I've experienced for years in um, the work that I do. So when you see other people that you have, you know, those connect and then they go out and they're helping others. It's just beautiful. I, I yeah. just, I've seen it and I just get, ugh, there's no words. I mean, yeah. I've walked into a Cordoba in East Lansing, Michigan, and there was a group of people and I recognized one woman. And then I looked and I recognized another and they had been in a group years ago. And they said, this is our support group. Do you remember us? We all still get together once a month and have dinner. And I'm like, they are bonded. They're connected yeah. They're, you know, and I that's know. just, and it has nothing to do with me. They, no, they I know. Were, yeah. And I love it. Dude, I mean, do you know how great that was for me to read that comment on Instagram? I do. Because it didn't have anything to do with me, but yet it did. I know. Way yeah. back. Yeah. But it didn't now at all. Not and, at all. And I don't think that woman had any idea when she uh -huh. wrote that, that I even knew Chrissy or I had any idea as to yeah. the origins of the Caleb Carrots Project. She was just telling me about this great 
thing that has brought her comfort in the Caleb Cares project. So that's mm -hmm. just beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then some, someone else wrote, uh, Michelle wrote about a big part of finding my grief community has been the podcast started listening within the few first few weeks of my son dying in July, 2020, that led me to Starlight ministry, which led me to virtual support group, which led me to beautiful connections and friendships. And then she talks about going on retreats. And these are retreats all that I've mentioned in the past, Faith's Lodge, fantastic organization mm -hmm. up in Northern Wisconsin. And then the while we're waiting, which I just mentioned here as yeah. well. And then that just caused such, such great community. You know, my grief community helps me not feel so alone to share things that are frustrating or upsetting. We can talk about our kids and when we're together virtually or physically or just chatting online, we can be ourselves without judgment. Mm -hmm. So true. So well, true. When you just said that, I was Googling and it said, what is the true, um, what does it truly mean to connect with someone? And it says connection was two or more people interact with each other and each person feels valued, seen and heard. There's no judgment and you feel stronger and nourished after engaging with them. And that's exactly what you just said. Like, I feel heard and nourished and added yeah. to, and that's what we all need and desire. Yep. Yep. Um, so, and then we go on, this is back. The next comment is about that bonus parent thing that we already kind of talked about. Mm -hmm. um, and then she goes on to say that there have been some social media things that have been welcoming, um, but it, it's, it's hard and it is a delicate situation for sure. Uh, and then Melissa, who's already wrote in here too, as well, um, about Annie's Hope, also did um, a retreat through, oh, and she told me what this one was, because I just have talked to her. BJC Hospice, it, it's Hospital, oh, in St. Louis. Shoot, mm -hmm. I can't remember what it is, what that stands for now. But um, she went to a support group there, and it was... Maybe I think she's maybe listening. Maybe she'll tell me what the BJC means again. And I can't remember why. And then saying, my community is always text away. When I feel down, I know I can send a group text. I know I can share with my virtual support group and it stays there. There's never any judging. I absolutely appreciate and love all the moms I've met. So I love that. I love that that text away because that is that is what's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm in a group and we just, you know, somebody just had another kind of tragedy happened in a more extended family and she was able to send that out and um just so she could get all of our love and support immediately yeah. well in one and, of the interesting you can't things, get that you can't get that otherwise no right? because when she sent it she said she lives in a different time zone she said to you i don't know if any of you are awake but she was yeah. putting it knowing that if anyone was awake, A, they would respond or B, when they woke up, they would be there for her. I just yeah. love that. I, I, that was amazing. Okay. Barnes Jewish Hospital. Okay. She, <laughs> on. she saved me. Barnes Jewish Hospital. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot remember. I cannot remember what that stands for. Okay. We got that. Um, so, and then uh, Demetra wrote that through the Always Annie's Mom podcast and through this Sick Kids grief group, Sick Kids in Toronto does have an amazing grief support group. There, I mean, I just love, mm -hmm. I've met Lori. They're, they're oh my gosh, mm -hmm. the coordinator there. She is unbelievable, an unbelievable woman. And she does a great job with their support group. And I so, so wish Every hospital had a bereavement coordinator like that. Oh, me too. Oh, my word. She's me unbelievable, too. though. She's when unbelievable. they do, it makes a difference. And, um, you know, it was interesting because I said, like, the word connections and connecting and being, you know, some people just are connectors and some people aren't. But there yeah. are times in life that you absolutely need someone to be. And I have found that if someone, when, when they're in a role of being a, discharge planner or a, you know, in a hospital setting, if you're not connecting people and they leave your doors and you're not connecting them, it's kind of the same thing in a church too. If people just come in yeah. on Sunday and they leave, man, we've got to be connectors. We've got to get people together. And that's our job. Yeah. And that's what I really hope to be able to do a better job doing. And, mm -hmm. and I do want to bring up um, the Just Enduring group, you know, justenduring.org. I've talked mm -hmm. about them many, many, many times that that is part of what they do. So if you 
also feel like you want to have get connected with someone go to that website you can fill out a whole thing you give all your circumstances you give where you live you give where you're looking for and they try to match you up and you can at least get in their database so it's so like match. maybe it's later right it's like it's yes match.com but for bereaved it is people. like match.com well for it's funny parents. because i'm such a connector that i have seven marriages of people that i have connected one i'm not very proud of because i don't think it's a good relationship but the other six <laughs> i stand by but i'm always been that whether it's in my job or if I see someone, I'm like, oh, you know who I think I've got yeah. someone for you. And everyone, I, I just do it. If I hear of a job and someone needs a job, I call them up and say, do you know, um, so-and-so they're looking for a job. I'd love to connect you. It takes energy to do that, but we, oh, I, it's just my thing. So I love that, that they do that at just enduring. Yeah. 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 Eric kind of does that too. Do you know, he's got a few marriages and, and actually this one's really funny. Because when we got married, we, I was living in an apartment with two other medical student women and he was living with a guy and mm -hmm. we got married in the middle of the year in the middle of our lease. And so oh, wow. we asked if his roommate would move into my apartment, into my extra room. And he ended up marrying one of my roommates. Isn't that oh, funny? That's so cute. Well, they one of my like, they didn't even like know each other really before they moved in. And suddenly, yeah. And, and what's funny is they kept it like secret for a little while because they didn't want the third roommate to know. And it was it was all oh, that's funny. so funny. I know. Um, well, I was um Bible camp, that was my first kiss, Bible camp with this boy. And then the next year when we came back to camp, he kind of, you know, gravitated towards me and I just wasn't feeling it. And he, um, there was a girl in my cabin though, that thought he was so cute. So I just said to him, you know, this girl in my cabin's really nice. And maybe the two of you should take a walk and get to know each other. Now we were in seventh grade when that happened and they are still married. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, a couple years ago, my husband and I were on the beach in Clearwater Beach, Florida, and, and I saw them. And my husband's like, "How do you know those people?" I said, "I set them up in seventh grade. I'm going to go talk to them." So I went over and <laughs> talked to them, and they're like, "If it hadn't been for you saying you guys should take a walk, <gasps> oh, I mean, God so probably would have made sure that if they were, I know, to but you helped. You I'll helped. take a little credit. Yeah, yeah, you tell you take a little credit. So, mm -hmm. um. And then, and then I had somebody else, right. Still looking except for your podcast. So, so that's the thing. So a lot of people are still looking and, and that's important to try to, you know, see if we can help through different, different ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. For sure. Um, you know, I, I will just say this and I, I share this. I, um, when my husband and I were first married, we moved to a small town in Northern, um, lower peninsula of Michigan. And my husband was working many hours and I was really lonely. And the hospice I was working at had, um, had only enough money to pay me for eight hours a week. And I worked 20. So I worked 12 for free and I got paid yeah. for eight hours. I was 23 years old. Anyway, long story short, I was really lonely and I would try on my own to go find people. One of the things that I did is I went to the pastor of the church and I said, I'm lonely. And he connected me to some people and it's a long story but you know sometimes we just have to go be vulnerable in our communities where we're not and just start telling people i need this yeah. and and seeing what's out there and don't and this is part of my story i should probably tell is i kind of limited in my own brain that i wanted this to be a young person in the same stage of life as me but when that pastor set me up with someone he set me up with an older woman who was about 70. And I thought, oh my word, are you kidding me? But he called her a jewel from Proverbs 31. And he said, you need a jewel in your life. And so from that moment on, I've always had an older woman in my life that speaks into my life. And now I'm so old that I've become other people's jewels. But if yeah, I had yeah. limited it to only someone who could relate to my story, I would have missed out on all of my jewels. And so I don't want people to get so focused that this person's story has to match mine. We have to be open to what's out there, who we can connect with. Right, right. And I have had different people, too, that come on the podcast and say, I'd really like, you know, somebody to talk to, to reach out to mm -hmm. with a similar circumstance. And I put that out there. And what's funny is that oftentimes 
I have someone write in and say, I felt really called to write to you because I, I want to connect with her, but I don't, I wasn't in the exact same circumstance. Yeah. And it turns out those relationships have still been great yeah, and amazing. Right. right. And they, and they just, they didn't need to be limited as much as that. Right. Yeah. They didn't need right. to be. No, no. But I do love that when people write in and say, Hey, I was really drawn to this person. Mm -hmm. um, well, and I'm do wondering if they'd be open to get to connect with me. Right. Almost and I'm all the time they are. Actually, yeah. I don't think I've ever had anyone say no. Right. Never. And I'm wondering, you know, some of the conversations, there's quite a bit going on about bonus moms and dads that maybe some of those people can connect because yeah, they're so. sharing some of those things. Like, you know, I understand there was some stories in there about, you know, just um, one woman said, my husband tries to be supportive, but he doesn't want to make, make my grief work sh worse. She said, if that's possible and just some of those um, things. So maybe they can connect and that would be the beginning of a community right there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You never know. You don't know. No. Yeah, it's it's interesting because listening to those, it, it makes me think very much about um, this is going back a long ways now that I did an episode. Oh, this is three or four years ago. And it was a mom who had lost two kids, um, Tamsin and Jacques. And mm -hmm. and she was from South Africa. And she her daughter was Tamsin and her husband's son was Jacques. And yeah, she, and she was grieving them both, you know, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and they both grieved them both, but it was very interesting because the one was hers and mm -hmm. then it was his. And so they both had to do that mm -hmm. grieving as the parent and as the bonus parent. Wow. And, and in a very sad kind of twist of fate, because she wrote to me when she wrote to me, she said, lightning sometimes strikes twice because you know they had gone through this two mm -hmm. times and then within a year of her writing to me and her being on the podcast she and her husband were both killed in a car accident and so now the remaining three children are oh. are alone without parents and the siblings so um it's a just a tragic horrible story mm -hmm. but it did make me think of that by talking about the bonus parent mm -hmm. situation because they got, they had both sides of that. They each mm -hmm. had both, mm -hmm. you know, and there were, there were definitely differences and things that were the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. 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 I love um, another writer said that, you know, other bereaved moms in the community reach out to her and said, when you're ready, we're here for you, whether it's the next day or a year from them. And I have heard that. And also as bereaved people, we can be brave enough to offer that same thing when we hear of somebody newly bereaved in our community that we can say, hey, if you want to talk, I've walked this road or I'd be here for you. Yeah. Um, it just starts so organically and small like that. And and I love to. So I'm, I'm going to tout the fact that you've got that you've got a book that you've co-authored that's coming out in the oh. not too distant future that I just got done reading. And, and it does go through this book is about walking with a friend and mm -hmm. I, I have found such wonderful things on that. And that's a good point from that, from what you talked about in that book on offering specific things, Oh yes. but offering them again and again mm -hmm. and again. And so not just the one time saying I've walked this walk, I'll be here whenever you need me. But then maybe a few weeks later you write back Mm -hmm. you know, again, just and not in the same exact words, but as a reminder, I've walked this walk. I really want to be there for you. So it's yeah. not just like, call me if you need me. It is, I would love to walk this walk with you. I would be honored to walk this walk with you. How can right. I help you? And I, and, think and I love that too. I, it brings me back to something that my pastor who's who's now retired that broke my heart when he retired oh. but when every every time someone died in our congregation he would send out an email about that death and he would say it is my um i don't know what he would say is my humble privilege it is my some he would talk about it being a privilege to be able to share that with us and mm -hmm. i felt like that was so so important to word it in that way 
that like, this is something I, I mean, he doesn't like to be able to do that. The death is a horrible situation, but if you feel like this is my privilege to be able to walk with this bereaved family, it's wholly different. Oh, you, don't, yeah. you don't take it in the same way if you say, call me if you need me, or you say, I am here for you, whatever you need. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would be honored to walk with you. And the purpose, you know, of the book was for people who haven't walked it and to know what yes. to do. But what you were just reminding bereaved people is if you've reached out to someone and you haven't heard from them, you understand how hard that is and you need to come back at that. And because sometimes we can say, well, I don't want to be too pushy and I maybe they don't like me. Maybe they don't think this or that. Just recall for yourself how hard it was. People are not going to call you. They are not going no, to no, we nope. have to reach out and nope. connect with them. And and that literally was me every single time someone came to the door that said, call me if you need me. I literally thought in my head as I was closing the door, I will never call, never you. call you. No matter yeah. who they were, I will never call you. Well, I, I, it's just it's so different when it's said in that way. Yeah, I just won't do it. Well, here's my occupational hazard right now is because I do know that you have to keep reaching out to breed people. But because this is what I do for a living, it's hard for me to keep going at people because I don't want them to think I'm looking for business. Like right. when it's someone in my church, I'm like, no, I, I, I truly as a friend or a neighbor, I mean, there's times that and, and with business, I don't reach out to people because I'm not ambulance chasing. People have right. to contact me if they want my support. So I, I preach one right. thing, but I, I very, I walk a fine line the other way because well, I don't want people to think, yeah, of course. it's so hard, but yet I know that they need reminders like, Hey, yeah, I'm yeah. here for you. I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I told you this, but when my parents had a death of a, their very first um, really close couple friend, the husband died. And my mom called me and said, you know, Lena died. And she said, we're going to be with Leona. And I said, well, call me when you get back. And when they got back, I said to my mom, well, what did you do? She goes, well, I just told her if she needs anything to call us. And I said, no, no. Did I not teach you anything? <laughs> Don't ever say that. Yeah. What's so funny is that I have said that on a podcast before or something. And I I think I posted it on social media or something. And like somebody reamed me out like, that is the nicest thing you could say to somebody. And I thought, oh, honey, it's not. It is no. so not the nicest but thing. But here's the funny part. You think it is. You think it is, but it's yeah. really not. But here's the funny part of wrapping this all up, taking that story. Every one of your listeners who's been bereaved goes, yep, I was irritated by that same comment, or I don't call people, or I'm not going to call people. But that's mm. the value of support because in this community of listeners, they get it. They know right, that. That's right, right. And I knew that the person that made the comment had never been really bereaved. No. If no. she had been bereaved, she would not have said that. Mm -hmm. She would not have said, that's the kindest thing you can say to someone. Okay, no. you think so, but it's not. No. It's really not. Mm -mm. It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting towards the end of yeah. our hour. And what's in... And when we were just on Facebook and YouTube, I could go over an hour. But now that we're on Instagram, we are cut off at an hour. Okay. So we do need to wind this up. If Do you have um, any other comments that you felt like you wanted to say kind of? In no, I think I, I addressed them. I just love um, the encouragement to encourage others to keep connecting and looking and speaking if you don't have it we don't want people to be isolated in this and feel that they're all alone there is in today's modern technology we we can do better so i just don't want any listeners to feel alone right go to just enduring email me yep. email yep. you know i mean yep. reach out to people just try There's because so it will many, be so yeah. much better if you are not feeling alone mm -hmm. so 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 much better and it's almost as if when you get into that community or just with that one person whether it's out to coffee like you mentioned these two people are meeting for coffee like air's been added to your lungs like yeah. a, a life has breathed into you once somebody hears you and understands and isn't judging you. You, as the bereaved person, you deserve life to be spoken into you. And that comes from being in community with other people. Yes. Well said. Very well yeah. said. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful and would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can type Andy's mom, one word, to the number 53555. This provides a link to GiveButter, which allows donations through PayPal, Venmo, Apple Pay, or credit cards. GiveButter will provide a receipt of your tax-deductible donation. Or you can visit the donation page at andysmom.com donate. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 and can receive donations through Thriving Financial and Benevity. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at andysmom.com or on the Instagram or Facebook Always Andy's Mom accounts. Sign up for the email list to get weekly episode links as well as pictures of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.